Have you ever felt like something was off? You know that something's wrong, that you're out of balance, but you go to the doctor and the doctor does lab work and doesn't find anything wrong. Or maybe you've had a bunch of tests done and they still can't find out what's going on, but it doesn't mean that you still don't feel like crap. Well, this is what we are talking about today in today's podcast, how you can tune into the signals of your body and really understand how to read your own health and well-being. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Simple Awakenings podcast, where we offer people at a turning point simple strategies to help you find clarity in the chaos of your life. I'm your host, Jennifer Rentolo. This is the Simple Awakenings podcast, where you can find clarity in the chaos. Simple Awakenings shares real-life lessons from real people who have had experiences that help them awaken to the simple truth of what they need to thrive in their life. These are conversations helping us evolve and awaken in how to simplify life in parenting, in education, and in the way we interact with the world around us. Let's ripple change through awareness and connect with our mind, body, and spirits one conscious conversation at a time. Now your host, Jennifer Rentolo, an integrative bridge to health, hope, and healing. excited to have on the show today, Kylie Burton, Dr. Kylie Burton, who is a chiropractor who hates adjusting, but she loves helping people read their own labs and understand how to tune into their body's messages. So she has a podcast called Beyond the Diagnosis. She's also the author of Why Are My Labs Normal? And I'm really excited to have Dr. Kylie Burton join us on the show today. Welcome, Kylie. Thanks, Jen. That was awesome. I love that intro. <laughs> um, so tell me about, first of all, you've got me, you've got me. So you go through all this work to become a chiropractor, but you hate yeah. adjusting. So what was, you must've had an aha moment through all of this. What was your sort of awakening in all of this? I'm a mom. I became a mom and a chiropractor in the same week. Actually, I actually got my really expensive piece of paper, as you can see right there behind me. <laughs> And that's what I say, too, is it's a really expensive piece of paper. Um, but I learned that if I wanted to do chiropractic, that was going to be trading out my time for money. I was going to have to be adjusting 50 people a day, five days a week for the rest of my life. And that did not sound appealing to me. It sounded very constricting. Now, chiropractors are incredible. They do incredible work. I don't disclaim adjustments at all. Um, my husband and father go to a different chiropractor for adjusting because I have learned that I'm going to stay in my zone of genius mm. and I would rather them get results. So I'm not going to even uh, try to do something that I'm not that skilled at. I'm going to send them to somebody who is skilled at it and I'm going to do what I do really well. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you became a mom, did you have like, what was your kind of aha moment that was like, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this. Did you have anything that actually happened or, you know, cause that takes courage to be able to say, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I never even started it to begin with as far as chiropractic. What happened to me was I went into chiropractic 
with this idea of, I want to do functional medicine. Yeah. And functional medicine is the world of figuring out the why behind our health concerns and then tackling the why, not just throwing some band-aids at it. And I, and I don't want to just say that Western medicine is the only one that throws band-aids at it because my own world of alternative healthcare is no different. How many times do we Google supplement to relieve migraines or supplement to fix, fix inflammation? Or like, there's no difference between pharmaceutical band-aids and supplement natural band-aids. They're just the same band-aids. The, the idea is what is causing the health concerns? And usually it's not just one. Yeah. Let's go down that rabbit hole. So I knew in my mind that chiropractic was not the end result. It was the stepping stone to get me where I needed to be. And as a mom who was able to put a DR in front of my name, that gave me some more credibility, some more authority, introduced me to a whole new world. I'm very grateful for, eh, that's hit or miss, <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the schooling system. Because, you know, yeah. you it doesn't matter your schooling system. You, you all get shoved inside this mold. And if you don't fit the mold, they don't like you. So my, the joke was on campus, I was, who was more excited, them to get me off campus or for me to graduate? <laughs> I was yeah. always stirring the pot because I just knew that there was more to it. Yeah, There was more that we could offer patients rather than just adjusting. And we were being really limited in our education. I mean, yeah, we're chiropractors. That's our, that's our thing is we adjust. But yet chiropractors can be some of the best doctors in the world. Yeah. Dr. Josh Axe. Yeah. 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 So just thinking about it as your chiropractor, as a neck and, and a back adjustment person, if that's your jam, cool. It's not mine. Yeah. So I knew that chiropractic itself was one tool. I wanted to add more tools to my toolbox. Love that. So I started doing the world of functional medicine in clinic as a student. And that's where I got into some trouble because, <laughs> you know, heaven forbid, I actually dive deep into a patient's history rather yeah. than a little half sheet form that we were given. I gave a potential client in during school, a 25 page intake form. Yeah. People loved it. Every person I gave it to, I was like, finally, somebody's getting to the issues here. Someone's actually listening and following my story because it doesn't just happen overnight. Right. It starts to break down years and years in advance in, in yeah. most and aspects. Of, and a series of patterns and habits that gets you to that point. And a series of, I like to say, ignoring the whispers of the body until they become screams. And yeah. make you go search for, help me fix this, right? Yeah. yeah. So I had, I'll give you the example of this specific person. I'm, and again, I'm a student. Yeah. Which means as a student, you have to work underneath someone else's license. And right. that's your head clinician in the clinic. And I had conversed with him multiple times. He was fine. And he knew everything I was doing all the time. The head clinical director, though, got the hand, got his hands on my intake form. And that's where it went sour. But- this woman who come into the facility, she was a member of the community that I had known from an outside source, and she was debilitated from migraines for four years. Mm. Mid-50s, had no desire for life whatsoever. I remember when she came into the treatment room, we had to not only turn the lights off, but we needed to find a 
like some kind of black blanket or something to hang over the window so we could make the room as dark as possible because any light stimulation was just that aggravating to her. Yeah. So I knew that this little dinky half page sheet of paper wasn't going to change anything for me. She had already been to the best specialists in the area. She had already had the MRIs and the CT scans and the blood work and everything done imaginable to her. What was I going to do that was going to change the story? Because if I kept, this is actually my aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> Tying it back to your podcast. Yeah. No, um, keep going. If, if I kept doing what everybody else was doing, I was going to get the same results. Yes. If I looked at blood work the same way that they looked at blood work, if I looked at the imaging the same way they looked at imaging, if I looked at her history the same way they looked at her history, if I looked at, I had to break free of the mold that all of us practitioners are shoved in. And I don't care what your background is. We're all shoved in some kind of mold. And that mold is a diagnosis to then a treatment plan. Absolutely. At this point, her diagnosis list was over 20 long. Oof. Her medication list was insane. And then on top of that, she's trying to do anything she can to feel better. So then her supplement list is insane too. Yep. So she's taking literally like 85, 100 pills a day Mm. and still hates life. Right. It still feels like crap. Yeah. Still feels like crap. Can't function. She's got two kids in college that she's missing out on college life. Her husband's like, <clears throat> I don't even know who this woman is. I know she's struggling. Uh, we've tried to get help from every avenue we can get help from. Here I am, this student that they have turned to. Yeah. And it was that moment of let's do something different. And that 25 page intake form was the first place to start. Yeah. And every single person I've given that to, which is over a hundred people, they love it. Mm. It was 25 pages. Are you going to be kidding? No. At that point, they want somebody to get the details. They want somebody to actually do the investigation work and to say, I don't give a crap what your diagnosis is. I don't care how many diagnoses you have, whether you have 20 or you have zero. I care about why is your body presenting these symptoms? Whether those symptoms fit underneath an umbrella, I don't care. This is why I also can't do insurance. What do I want to do insurance? Because insurance, you have to treat a diagnosis. Yep. I don't treat diagnosis. And follow a a protocol. Yes. And follow the gold standard of medicine. So I I did an interview with um, Dr. Terry Walls, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know Terry Walls? I don't. So 20 years ago, she got diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. Yep. And debilitating disease. I mean, she was on a wheelchair to bedridden. I think she said she was in her early 40s. So she was pretty young to get MS. And as an MD herself, she went down every gold standard of medication treatment plan there was, just found herself getting worse and worse and worse. Until finally, again, her aha moment was, if I keep doing the same thing I'm doing, I'm going to get the same results. It's time to change. So then she turned to the alternative in the holistic world, but she's an MD. Yep. Completely changes her life around. 20 years later, you you would have no idea she had ever had MS. And her colleagues turned her in to the AMA 
for not using gold standard treatment with her patients. Wow. So this is the mold, this paradigm that we're being shoved into. Have yeah. to have a diagnosis, have to get put on a pill to manage that diagnosis. Like, for example, rheumatoid arthritis. You get diagnosed with RA. I've had people diagnosed with that at 25 years old. Mm -hmm. Crossfitter, actually, from Africa. And he was not okay accepting a terminal treatment plan of Humira once a week for the rest of his life. Yeah. So we found out other things and we dove into his blood work because that's my jam. And even though it was, quote, normal besides the MS antibodies or whatever the heck the markers are, yep. I found all sorts of things that led to his diagnosis. Now, I can't say, nor will I ever say that parasites caused MS, but parasites were causing his body to fail. And based upon the genetic code of his body, it was going to fail by attacking the joints, leading to RA. So how many times do we hear, well, my mom has Hashimoto's, my aunt has Hashimoto's, it runs in my family. Yep. You're right, it does run in your family. But at some point, that gene had to be triggered on. Yeah. Bruce Lipton yeah. talks about this and the whole biology of beliefs. He talks about sort of our lifestyle and the things that we do and our belief systems and how we turn on genes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have control of our genes. Yes. It's that simple. Yeah. So even though you have, like in my family, Parkinson's runs in my family. Yeah. I got an aunt that I was diagnosed early in her four, maybe probably should have been in her thirties. Actually, grandpa died of Parkinson's and which led to Alzheimer's. And I remember my grandma saying, well, that's what happens when you get Parkinson's. Yeah. And I said, grandma, just kindly, grandma doesn't need to be like that anymore. There's a right. lot of, you know, new research coming out. So yeah. my, my point is here is no matter what your diagnosis is, it doesn't need to be that way. Right. You can change it. You can reverse it if you want to call it that or cure it, even though, you know, by the molds that were shoved into, we can't say that we cure things. Well, Terry right. Walls can't say that she cures MS, but she takes away all the symptoms, so they might as well not exist anymore. And the lesions on the on the nerve of the spine come get less and less and less and less until finally at some point there's no signs of it anymore. Yeah. But you first have to start with that belief that one, my body can heal. Yep. If I give it the tools it needs. Absolutely. I mean, this is what I teach in my course. I teach a course called Holistic and Complementary Approaches to Health and Healing because that's what I was an RN, critical care nurse, following all these, you know, molds and protocols and everything. And it wasn't until my kids' illnesses, one son had a stroke. I, we had talked about this, but one son had a stroke, one son had leukemia, that it really woke me up to the need for other ways of looking at health and healing. And reconnecting to ourself, our body, empowering ourselves with tools for our toolbox to, to become well, to, to really not just survive, but to thrive. So um, I love everything you're saying. I obviously believe in everything you're saying. I concur completely with everything. Well, let, let me blow your mind for a few more minutes here. Yeah. One of these tools that we're talking about, y'all, if you're listening to this, go grab your blood work. 
jump yes. into your patient portal, um, go grab it from your binder that you've been gathering all your blood work from. And if you don't have your blood work, ask for it. It's your blood work. You should have it in your possession. Okay, Agreed. so grab your blood work. This is one of the, my favorite tools and one of the biggest tools that not only changed my practice, but it's changing lives around the world. Like I got, I had 75,000 followers on TikTok in like four months. Wow. Now I just can't handle the platform. So I haven't been on it in months, but um, you can learn how to read your own blood work. And even if you've, especially if you've been told your blood work is normal, there's a better way to read it. So we're going to dive in right now to this blood work we know as the CBC, mm. the complete blood cell count. Okay. It's the most common blood work test we all have. And it starts off with this very top marker called the white blood cell count, WBC. Now, chances are you've been told that your blood work is normal and your white blood cell count is normal. Thank goodness. Because if it wasn't normal, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, like cancer type of trouble. Yeah. Or some crazy, crazy infection. Yeah. Sepsis or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so we want labs to be normal. That's a good thing. That means we're not bad enough to elicit a diagnosis or some type of disease, but we're approaching there if we fall outside of the functional range. And that functional range is the normal range condensed and made smaller. I don't come up with these ranges. A man by the name of a doctor by the name of Dr. Dottis Karazian did about 30 years ago. He's one of those guys that has 10 trillion letters next to his name. Someone had to do the research and come up with it, right? So this is where we're taking your normal lab range, we're condensing it, making it smaller, and we're saying, okay, now if you fall outside of this range, you don't feel good. But you're not bad enough to have a positive diagnosis. So that white blood cell count, give or take the lab, most labs are pretty congruent except for like Canada. For some reason, they think they're special. <laughs> Canada does labs a little bit differently with the CBC, but it's okay. We'll, we'll focus on the percentages here. So the white blood cell count, we're going to see a range between five and eight. If your white blood cell count is less than five or greater than eight, your body is fighting an infection. What type of infection? I don't know yet. I'm going to teach you though. But that infection is the number one instigator or trigger of autoimmune diseases. Think about it. When you're, if you're in a family, say type one diabetes runs in your family. Why does one person get type one diabetes at 27 and another person get a diagnosis seven? What's the difference? Same genes. But at some point, there needed to be a trigger that turned on the gene. Those infections are most likely the trigger. In fact, 95% of diet type 1 diabetes is triggered by a virus. And I'm not saying COVID here. I'm just saying one of the trillions of viruses out there. Epstein-Barr virus, also known as mono is the most common culprit for chronic fatigue. I have so many moms I work with or who have read the book or on the social media things, and they say, you know what? I got diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus when I was a senior in high school or junior in college or whatever, and my, my energy has never been the same since. 
Well, to get a diagnosis of a positive Epstein-Barr virus test, it has to be so active that you literally can't walk up the stairs because your body is so busy fighting this virus. It has no energy for anything else. And then you're told, oh, go home and sleep. Your body just needs rest, de-stressed, take a late vacation while you're in the middle of college, right? That's not going to happen. And unfortunately, our bodies are never given the tools to tackle this virus and to keep it dormant. So then you get into the white blood cell count and you jump down on that same blood lab, same CBC. And if it's a CBC with differential, you're going to see this marker known as the neutrophils. Oh, I'm familiar with those. The neutrophil count are the bacterial infections. Now here's the magic number. You want to have it 60% or less. <clears throat> if it's above 60%, now we're tackling some type of bacterial infection. This looks like IBS, IBD, Crohn's, um, even chronic joint pain. Because these bad guys, as we're going to call them, are just going out and wreaking, wrecking havoc on your gut, on your joints, whatever your genes tell them to wreak havoc. But typically, it's not bad enough to elicit, elicit a positive test result, unless you have other signs of like IBS or IBD. If you've ever heard the term CFO or CBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, this is another marker for you to determine if that is a scenario in your gut or not. So neutrophil count, the magic number, 60%. If it's less than 60%, it's probably a good thing, unless there's one other instance. Or if it's above 60%, your body's fighting a bacterial low-grade infection that's wrecking havoc, and you're not going to get better, no matter how many pills you take, until you conquer that infection and keep it dormant. That's the trick. So then the next marker below, it's called the lymphocytes. The lymphocytes are the fun ones because they're the viral guys. If they're elevated, that's because they're fighting viruses. I don't care what type of virus because I'm going to use an antiviral and I'm going to boost the immune system with all sorts of good things like vitamin D. The magic number for lymphocytes is 30%. If it's less than 30, it's a good thing. If it's above 30%, you're fighting a low-grade virus, the most common cause of chronic fatigue, the most common cause of anxiety and depression. The most common cause is, I don't know what the heck's wrong with me, but something is. <laughs> because again, your body is fighting this thing that's systemic. It can attack anywhere it wants to attack. Any part that's weak in your body is where it's going to attack. So if you have a weak thyroid, it's going to attack your thyroid. And now you can be on levothyroxine or synthroid or nature thyroid for 20 years and take it just because you're told to take it, but yet not really feel any different because mm -hmm. you're supporting this gland that's getting attacked by so many other things and you're not worrying about who the attackers are. So once we take away the attackers, now our body can heal. Now the treatments that we're doing will actually work. So we're removing the underlying source of stress, the internal source of stress on our bodies. The physical, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so the numbers are 60-30, right, Jen? Yes. That's good. If it's uh, The closer it is to the 60-30, the better. What happens when they start to meet in the middle? Oof. And you say you have 44% neutrophils and 42% lymphocytes. When they're approaching that one-to-one -one ratio, that's when things change because now it's autoimmune. And now you can say, you know what? I might have a thyroid condition, but my blood work tells me that I'm in an autoimmune flare right now, which means my immune system is actually attacking my thyroid. So in order to heal my thyroid, I actually need to heal my immune system first. And your immune system, 85% of it is your gut. So it all correlates, but you can literally get so many answers. Like I just told you three markers right there. Three markers, the most popular reasons for why people don't get better no matter what they try and why people's health are destroyed to begin with those infections autoimmune diseases chronic fatigue just about everything parasites are a big topic in this world too yes depending on who you listen to depends on what your thoughts are on parasites well here are mine you have the neutrophil count and the lymphocyte count well there's also a parasite marker on the same blood test it's the eosinophils and the basophils. Now, eosinophils are first typically thought of as food allergies or environmental allergies. So if your eosinophil count is off and your doctor or your, whoever ordered your blood work for you notices it and wants to do something about it, they'll never think about parasites unless they're trained by me. Yes. They're first going to think about food sensitivities and maybe run an IG panel or environmental sensitivities and run that panel as well. Yep. If you're lucky and they actually care about running some extra blood work on you. That's a great thing to do because then you would know what to eliminate in your diet or in the environment to help reduce those allergies. The second aspect is because a lot of times people will say, I have tried every elimination diet under the sun. I've tried every diet under the sun. Now that's when we turn to parasites. If the eosinophil count is above 3%, then I'm going to focus on parasites if the food allergies have already been dealt with. Yeah. They've already attempted that route. Basophils, the magic number is 1%. I have so many clients that I can think of right now that fit into this category. Mm -hmm. And so many of them, when I when I tell them to talk to the doctor about parasites they're dismissed. Doctors, for some reason, yeah, don't talk about it. Right? they don't want to look at parasites. They don't want to think about it. But I see well, parasites as like so much of the root cause of a lot of... They're yeah. not trained on them either. So you just yeah. have to think, you know, I'm never going to be upset about an MD or a DO or like whatever they are, whatever yeah. their jam is, because yeah. it's just their education. They went into medical school wanting to get trained to help people. We all did the same totally. thing. We just want to help people. Yeah. And insurance doesn't cover the testing for that unless you can have a clear documentation of why you would test for that. Yeah. 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 And the testing for parasites is even difficult too, because you're taking your stool sample. Yes. And if it's not in that one little teeny itty bit of stool sample, it's going to come back negative. Oh, so there's just a lot of false yeah. Yeah. results with those kind of testing. That's why I love, let's just base it off of the blood work that they already yeah. have. Same time, yeah. same money. Yep. Yep. And run with it. Yeah. Now, that's four 
markers. I'm pretty sure your audience is smart. So let's do the fifth. Just for <laughs> fun. Care. We have the neutrophils at 60%, the lymphocytes 30%, the eosinophils 3%, and the basophils 1%. There's one marker that's right in the middle of all of it. Mm. And those are the monocytes. Yes. The monocytes are also another viral number. So the magic number for it is seven. 7%. If it's above 7%, it's another indicator of a virus. Mm. Now I get asked this question a lot, which is why I was like, let's just throw in the one more. Yeah. What happens if they're low? Yeah. Okay. So add up the numbers in your head with me. 60, 30, that's 90 when you add them up. 7, 97, 3, and 1, 101. Now, because of the decimal points, it's not perfect, but all the time on every lab test, your CBC with differential, those five markers, will always add up to 100%. So if something is really low, say lymphocyte markers at 14%, mm. that's pretty low. Yeah. I will automatically think, what is high? Because something has to balance that out in order to add up to 100%. Yeah. And that's where you're going to turn your focus. So typically it will be like um, eosinophils are 15% or neutrophils are 82%. So focus on what's high when it comes to reading your labs. And then you'll know what infections, and I say infections with an S on purpose, it's most commonly multiple. Very rarely is there just one type hanging out. Um, that's what you'll need to do to heal, to basically help your body overcome these infections so that you can heal using whatever modalities you're using. Such amazing tips. And I assume this stuff is what you is in your book as far as talking about yeah. all these things. And again, I can think about like my son had long COVID and He's an athlete. He played lacrosse um, at a at a very strong, high, you know, achieving program. And his senior year, because of COVID, couldn't play, couldn't go into the Marines like he was supposed to because his lungs. And he went to the doctor and everything was normal. They kept saying all the labs are normal. He had all these tests. And he's like, great, I still can't breathe. So why this healthy individual can I breathe? Now I'm going to go back and look at his labs and be like, let me check this out. Because I actually saw, because I, you know, in my own kind of investigation and tools in the toolbox, I sort of have my own ways of, of trying to get to the root cause. We worked about, we worked on the stressors, the, the emotional stressors. We worked on the physical stressors. Um, but I guess my, my final question to you, you gave us some great tools and some, some ways to find more clarity in this healthcare chaos. But um, what are some other tips that you can have as far as ways to start to address maybe lifestyle? I know for me, stressors, you talked about stressors, stress management is what I do, what I teach people, and to figure out what are the hidden stressors emotionally, spiritually, Physically, like you just talked about, the physical stressors of the the um, the virus, the parasites, the um, bacteria, and the um, infections. And what we don't realize is sometimes, to your point, we feed these things with our lifestyle, with our hidden stressors. We sort of feed these flare-ups. And so I know when people come to me, I work on how do we 
how do we lessen the stressors in your life so you reduce the flare-ups? Because you're not going to get rid of the diagnosis. You're going to have this diagnosis, if you will, but you can live feeling better when you manage these flare-ups and when you manage sort of these stressors. So um, do you have any tips to add to this as far as, yeah. Yep, I have a, a patient example here. Late 30s, got diagnosed with MS. Oh, MS is just a topic of today's yes. show, I guess. And um, more and more common, believe it or not, that you're hearing it's about. Very, it's yeah. common, and it's com more common, common for a reason. Yeah. <clears throat> so she was actually local here in Utah, and she's going to Salt Lake to get these trial injections. Okay. Ooh. Now, every time she got this trial injection, it, every month, so it was one time a month, she'd basically be better than it for three days. She has four boys, ages from like, I think they're like 12 to 18. So, Ooh. you know, four teenage boys. Yes. Mama doesn't have time to be better than for three days. Yes. So she knew that she needed to try something else. Okay. And she, at this point, by the time she got to me, they had gutted their food pantry. They had gutted everything and really eliminated sugar out of their diet altogether, which was very impressive for teenage boys. Yeah. But mom was determined that she was not going to go down like this. I pulled up her blood work and we found parasites were the trigger mm. of her MS. We also found very depleted vitamin D levels. Oh yeah. That is by far the number one way to just get started healing. In my opinion. Start. You mean adding vitamin D? Adding vitamin D yeah. mm -hmm. into your lifestyle. Yes. Agreed. Make sure it's a good source and make sure you're not giving your body scrimpy amounts. Yes. The, the RDA value for, for vitamin D, which is basically take this amount so you don't die kind yeah. of value, is 2,000 to 5,000 IUs of vitamin D per day. You can take that amount. That's fine. But that's only going to prevent you from not dying. Yeah. It's not going to give you any, it's not going to give your cells because every cell needs vitamin D what it needs to function, but it needs to do its job. Your immune system, the key to your immune system is vitamin D. Yeah. So in your blood work, because I love I love the numbers. Yeah. The normal lab range for vitamin D is 32 to 100. That's a pathetic range. If you're in the 30s, if you're in the 40s, even the 50s, there's a reason why your body feels like crap. You're not giving it the vitamin. It doesn't have the vitamin D. It needs to do its job. 60s or higher. I like to go in the 80s. I want to see people between 80 and 100, and I don't care if it's above 100. And there are physicians who will flip out if it's above 100. Yeah. I've seen blood work and vitamin D statuses in the 180s. And the person, the few people who were there, that's when they felt the best. Yeah. So if that's what they need, then that's what they need. I have never seen anybody at toxic D levels, and I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of practitioners about it too. So I'm going to give you a vitamin D protocol for three months. That's going to jack up your vitamin D status, going to boost your immune system and help your body start to heal by giving your cells what it needs. Okay. Yep. Month number one. So you can start this today. You can start it tomorrow. Get very, very high quality vitamin D. If you're not, they're not going to get those same results. And then caveat too, if you're taking a blood thinner, make sure that your vitamin D does not have K in it can't do blood thinners and vitamin K at the same time. Right. So vitamin D, 25,000 IUs of vitamin D per day. 
the prescription dosage is 50,000 one time a week. It's not wow. going to change much. Right. So 25,000 IUs of vitamin D per day for month one. Month two, back it down to 20,000. Month three, 15,000. And then maintain at 10,000. Now we're sitting right here in January. I don't even care where you are in the world. It's winter time. Our bodies do not make vitamin D from the sunlight. Right. On top of that, I've seen hundreds of lab tests from Texas and Florida and the Caribbean where you would think that naturally they would have higher levels. They don't. Our bodies just aren't good at it anymore. Well, genetic, and then the sunscreen. genetic variation, yeah. sunscreen, yeah. the junk that the sun has to go through to right. get to our bodies. Right. Just give your body what it needs. Yes. Take it in some supplement form and help your immune system relax. Give it what it needs. Get your cells what it needs. And you'll just, you'll be shocked at what that simple thing will do. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I'm a big proponent of vitamin C and, and zinc as well to boost the immune system and stress everybody, all you listeners out there, stress suppresses your immune system. So it makes you even more vulnerable to these things that might be already in your system and throwing your body out of, out of whack. Well, Dr. Kylie, this is amazing. Such great insight and such great tips for my listeners. I hope everybody goes back and looks at their blood work and looks at their levels and goes get and get some good quality vitamin D. Um, do you have any place that you would like to send any of our listeners to come and visit you or to listen to you and find out more and connect with you? I know you're not doing chiropractic anymore, but you have so many awesome things going on. So where would you like to, us to connect with you? The best place to learn more is to grab the book on Amazon, Why My Lab's Normal, and then come follow my podcast, Beyond the Diagnosis with Dr. Kylie. You can keep learning about, all about the blood work and all sorts of good stuff on there. So great. So you can break free of the mold as we're talking about. Yes. And I am, I broke free of the mold as, mold as well. So high five, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and it's important. This is what we need to do. We need to have conversations like this because I feel like it's conversations like this that are going to give people hope that don't feel well, that feel like, okay, this is just how I'm supposed to be or how I'm supposed to feel, or I have this diagnosis and so now I feel stuck. So let Dr. Kylie and this conversation in the simple awakenings give you hope and help you take back your power over your own health, your own happiness and your own healing. So thank you for being here, Dr. Kylie. Thank you for listening. And I wish everybody well. If today's podcast resonated with you and you're feeling a little frustrated with medicine's approach to your own health and healing, if you're feeling off despite your normal labs, then you can start to navigate and investigate your own labs using Dr. Kylie's book, or you can reach out to me to learn a little bit about ways that you can take back control over your power and your own health and well-being. Just reach out to me and we can set up a clarity call. And in this call, we can start to get to the bottom of what could possibly be the root cause and what are different things that you can start to do right here, right now, to start to slowly uncover what it is that you need in the moment to be well. You can check out these links in the show notes below. Thanks for listening. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, like, subscribe, and give it a review at your favorite podcast platform. For more info on Jen, visit jenniferrentolo.com. That's Jennifer, W-R-E-N, Tolo, T-O-L-O.com. Thanks for listening.